Cool. So, so I suppose for our final topic then, how do you get the best, um, I suppose, job offer process? You know, because you've obviously, you've had the interviews, you, you, you like you like someone, you want them to go ahead. How do you successfully go through the process of submitting an offer and, and negotiating it and then onboarding people in the right way? So there's obviously two parts, I think, to that question. But starting on yeah. the offer process, how do you how do you do that well? How to do it well? Um, start with verbal. A verbal offer, appropriate offer to be delivered to the candidate um, so that they can mull it over a lot of the time that, you know, the first offer isn't the final offer. So the, mm. there's always a bit of room for negotiation. That There's really no need to, you know, put things down in writing if there's going to be a bit of back and forth. Yeah. Um, how to deliver that offer well? Well, don't just give them the figure. You know, give them the reasons why they've been offered the job. Talk yeah. about their strengths. Talk about what stood out. Talk about you know where the client thinks that candidate is going to fit into the business and and why they think they're going to be good and where they can progress and deliver the offer. And when when I say offer, you know it's the base, a reminder of the overall package, the earning potential, um, the benefits. You know, pension scheme, holiday. Yeah. If there's private healthcare insurance, a company car or car allowance. Um, but then also talk about the upside and the progression. Don't just give them the offer, you know, have a conversation again. This is, this is your, this is your final opportunity to sell the business. Um, you know, complacency is something that drops deals out all the way through the process. And we've talked quite a lot today about, you know, in the interview or or writing the job description and in the interviews, but it doesn't stop during offer stage. Um, you're still presenting yourself. Yourself, you're still the window to that company. Um, yeah, and you don't want to get then, that wrong and have to go right back to the start of the process again. You know, exactly. And, yeah. yeah, I think the candidate wants to know what the offer is, of course, but also to know that they've uh, been heard. Yeah. You know, and and finally, you know, very swiftly follow up with the writing. Yeah. And follow up with a contract that you know a written offer won't always be the the employment contract. The written yeah. offer may just be a follow-up to the verbal offer yeah, with, the, yeah. with the top line. And then the, the contract is to follow. Um, again, as recruiters, a huge source of frustration for us is, you know, okay, we're going to make this candidate an offer. Fantastic. Great. Okay. When's the paperwork coming out? That can take weeks, worst case. Mm, yeah. And, you know, in the current market, we're constantly trying to push our clients to be agile. Yeah, because yeah. agility is key now in in the talent short market, and you know you can you can lose candidates just by being too slow to get the contract out. That's the harsh reality of it. Um, and that delay then is, the, as you say, is the cost. I think you mentioned this at the beginning is the cost of um, uh, you know having to go back through the process again and then missing out on opportunities because you haven't got the person in place in time. And it uh, is precisely yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mentioned earlier sometimes our clients recruit for a role without actually having it signed off so you know a horror story for us is well we've we've taken a candidate all the way through the process and then it gets to offer stage and the client actually hasn't got the role signed off therefore they need a signature from an executive wow and they, yeah. and they say no yeah that's a uh, painful for everyone <laughs> really painful yeah, every, yeah everybody loses there so you know ag- agility is key sign off is key you know, doing it in a compliant way through the through the right channels, um, but always demonstrating 
to that candidate, even at the offer stage, you know, what a great opportunity it, it can be for them. And and there, as a candidate, are there things that you can do to um, to negotiate if you're not quite happy with the offer that's been presented? Um, are there ways that you can communicate that better to, to reach a, a middle ground? Because I suppose there yeah. could be the fear of you don't want to say talk the wrong thing. Talk yourself out of the job. <laughs> well, one, talk yourself out of it. And, and two, potentially, if you present it in the wrong way, um, yeah, put a sour taste in someone's mouth and then they get put off. Yeah, well, I suppose talk yourself out of it. Yeah, they, you, yeah you put definitely. Someone I mean, it, it's risk and reward, isn't it? If you, you want to negotiate your position and you want to do it firmly and mm. remove emotion from the conversation, and that's acceptable. But there's, a, there's, a, there's a point, though, where if you go beyond that point, yes, you might leave a sour taste in someone's mouth or create an atmosphere when you join. And, you know, have you don't want the client to question your morals and your values and your aspirations because you've tried to negotiate too strongly. Mm. And therefore, you've kind of lost sight of the reason why you're joining in the first place, which should never be about money. Yeah. You know, mon- money should be appropriate. It should be in line with your expectations, but shouldn't be the reason you're joining a company. Because I, I think if that's the reason, well, it's really never going to pan out to, you know, retaining that candidate into the role. No, I no. think that's probably quite a simplistic approach that everyone would agree on also. Yeah, money money keeps you engaged uh, to a very certain level. And then after that, you know, if you're not happy with the, the working environment, the culture, the everything else, then it's not going it. to work. It's Maslow's basic hierarchy of needs, isn't it? That's the you, one. Know, you need to pay, pay someone fairly and appropriately for their work. Yeah. And yes, they can be motivated by money, but actually in the end, it's, you know, self-realization and, you know, being a part of, of something great, that's going to take people to the, to the next level. Perfect. And then my my final question then on this is the onboarding aspect. So are there things that people can do to have a much more effective onboarding process that sets the tone for, um, you know, a, a, a good working relationship with someone or are there things that, um, yep. that people get wrong very often that, you know, how important is the, you know, the, the branded pen and notebook when you turn up or is it about <laughs> other aspects around it? You know? Um, yeah, I mean, branded pens are always nice, but, um, <laughs> Probably not the, not the be all and end all. Um, to be fair, I mean, I use Devil Smith as an example. I joined six months ago, and you know, part of the reason I love it here was was my induction. And you know, what does that look like? You know, lots of lots of faces, lots of people, communication, structure, um, constant feedback. You know, the right atmosphere, a welcoming environment, people going out of their way to to talk to you. I think that probably the saddest thing about a person joining a business and it not working out is if they came away thinking that they felt you know excluded from the culture mm. um you know there may be a good culture at that business but if the candidate didn't feel it it's a missed opportunity so yeah. i think you know having a really good structure around what that candidate is doing day one week one week three week five review you know, three months in, six months in, review, constant review and feedback, provided it's constructive, of course, and and, and setting some goals and um, some key outcomes rather than just focusing on the input. As long as you can, you know, demonstrate that move towards the outcomes, I think yeah. that's quite a holistic view of a positive induction. Um, you know, and, and the little things, you know, well done on a small win, and you know, take the new starter out to lunch, and 
yeah. introduce them to the team and making them you know feel that connectivity throughout the business um are all really critical things and that could be a small business or it could be a very large one i think you know it's just as important to feel connectivity with your new employer i think that's a very good point is the feedback and it's um if you and yes obviously you're making people feel welcome and introducing them but the feedback aspect if you if you um have no idea how you're getting on relative to uh, you know what people might be expecting of you you're, you're sat there in constant uncertainty and that doesn't make you feel comfortable um and, and until you get that well done or the this is great but actually this is the bit we need to work on um you yeah. just sat there in limbo the whole time yeah you might be in a really high pressure job it might be a difficult mm. job but if you've got you know high touch high care management team and peer network around you then you know really you're going to be driving the right type of performance and, and output and productivity yeah um it, you know if, it, if it's not as high pressure and it's not as not as stressful that doesn't mean all of those things aren't really important it's just something that needs to be done and yeah you know a, a branded pen on top also helps and you know the perks <laughs> and the benefits and the company yeah. culture you know if you've got a yearly company retreat or, or something else like that you know th- those are all great things but just like we talk about the benefits like perk box you need to have everything else in order for someone's go. oh hey great we've got a perk box or we've got an annual retreat yeah, yeah th- those are the cherries on top that's going to get you to the final hurdle but we really need to get the structure right at the beginning, which is the feedback, setting expectations, connectivity. I think there's been a nice thing there actually through the, through the, through the different topics we've discussed, which is there's preparation, you know, understanding at every stage um, what you want out of it, and then communication and being clear at all stages as to what to expect, what's going on, feedback on that. Um, yeah, so I think sure. it seems. I think that ties nicely through through the process. Is there anything else you'd like to add around the recruitment process before we uh, finish up? Well, I guess, you know, if, if there's any clients who are wanting some advice on their uh, structure and, and process of recruiting, then, you know, our door's open. Um, feel free to get in contact. I was going to um, ask around that. How, how do people get in touch if they do want to um, reach out to you? Uh, well, you can email us. You can call us. If you come onto our website, there's, you know, easily accessible contact details as well as, you know, breakdown of the sectors that we cover. Uh, we cover the entire life cycle of real estate. Uh, from you know investment all the way through to development, construction, new home sales. Uh, we do executive roles all the way down to sort of contingent, junior to mid-level, uh, back office functions, executive functions. So you know we are really pointed at a wide space in the market, and our client base consists of client-side development firms, investment vehicles, but also consultancy practice, advisory, uh, you know major house builders, estate agency. So, yeah, I guess get in contact, have a look at our website and, and you know, give us a call. Perfect. Lovely. Thanks for coming on and sharing uh, your insight. And uh, hopefully we'll catch up again in a few months and look at sort of how the market's changed and have a discussion around that. Thanks, Matt. Sounds good. Thanks for having me.